everybody, and welcome to Geek Actually, episode 118 for the 5th of February, 2011, and I am hot. No, I am, <laughs> I am David McVeigh, and I am joined by Josh Philpott. How are you, Josh? He's also incredibly hot. <laughs> and we have to explain something straight off the bat before we get started. If you hear traffic noise... Uh, we're doing kind of our outdoor broadcasty thing sort of thing today because it is so hot today in the studio that we are actually going out with all the windows open <laughs> and the fan on. Otherwise, yep. we would not be able to do this show today. Nope. So you're going to hear traffic noise and you're going to hear stuff in the background. Just pretend like we're outdoor broadcasting and we're at some event. Okay, that's the easiest way I can think about doing this. Uh, all right, so uh, with all that being said, this is Geek Actually. This is our uh, new show that basically combines all the best that was Tech Actually and all the best that was Geek Actually After Show, mushes them together into some sort of congealed mess, and we end up with this new show. Uh, all of our links brought to us. Actually, no, this week Which not- is a lot nicer than Dave makes it sound. <laughs> well, we try. But not all links this week are actually brought to us, but most links are brought to us by Delta Knight. Also known as David Murray in our chat room. Thank you very much, Delta Knight. Um, we also have a little bit of feedback, which we're going to get to in just a second. Um, but I thought we would, um, we would throw some news out there first um, before we do our feedback section. I know I had feedback at the head of the show, but we've got to talk about a couple things, Josh, because first of all, we've got to say welcome back our Egypt brothers and sisters. Yeah. Egypt is back online. All right. So they were down for a few days, as we reported last week. Um, apparently, the, prime, uh, the president, prime minister, president, I want to say president, uh, of Egypt has resigned. Oh, wow. um, so President Hosni Mubarak resigned, um, and this kind of brought everything, and I'm sure Egypt is still in chaos and everything is going crazy, but all the ISPs started to come back online. So what you're saying is geeks can relax. Geeks can relax, <laughs> and we can start at least finding out what's going on in that country, because at least communications have, have yeah. uh, resumed. So welcome back, Egypt, and I hope you restore all the sanity to your country soon. Uh, Zed in our chat room says, I don't think he's resigned yet. He actually said he was resigning. Whether he's actually left office yet, I'm not sure, but he has actually said he's resigning. Mm. Um, okay, so with that being done, uh, we will also say that uh, uh, the wonderful Sandy Bridge processors that we talked about yeah. last week um, – have uh, now I've say- got to say the worst named chipset ever. Sandy like, Bridge. Like I'm sorry, it's just a dumb name. Yeah. I'm no, I'm sorry. It's I'm kind sorry. of it's kind as of a, far as- isn't it kind of a throwback though to the whole North Bridge thing days, you know, when Yeah, they yeah, that? but what's I don't care. Sandy is a dumb word for a, for <laughs> well, a bridge. And it turns out it's kind of a dumb chipset. Uh, because uh, now I don't have all of the details here in front of me, but apparently it's going to cost Intel probably about a billion dollars to rectify Jesus. this. Um, and this is not the first time this has happened. If you remember when the first Pentiums came out, they discovered yeah. a flaw and they had to recall those too. You would think that Intel would have learned their lesson. Anyway, the chip itself, no yeah. problem. Yeah. Chip itself, looking good. Okay, The chip set, the board that the chip actually sits on has a flaw that has been discovered in the SATA Drive uh, the SATA drivers, uh, and basically what happens is over time it just starts to slow down, and it gets slower and slower and slower. Now apparently it doesn't actually uh, cause data loss, so you don't have to panic that you're going to lose your data. Well, not yet anyway, uh, but apparently it is a concern to the point where the manufacturers of the computers are now offering money back. Yeah, there's no official recall. Yet it's kind of like a voluntary recall mm. where they're basically saying if you have one of these computers and you are concerned, bring it back. We'll give you money back. Start again. Now, Josh just told me about something just before we started, though, which is 
that AMD has, uh, I have seen one of AMD's new fusion, fusion machines, um, which are very cool. I am actually saying that I am loving the fact that this has happened. And look, I mean, you can call me like an instigator of chaos, but um, I have been on the opposite end of this for that fucking long. It's going to be nice to see the beautiful blue reputation that is Intel finally tainted and finally we can get AMD some foothold in the market because realistically it's been unfair for far too long. Intel have been ruling with the line at least our chipsets don't break mm. and this is all because of something that happened when they first tried to launch dual cores because yeah. the first AMD dual cores were fucking shocking. Yeah. They were terrible, so terrible units. The bottom line to all this is if AMD can actually pull this off and their chipset doesn't fail, mm. their Sandy Bridge competitor is now on the market without well, the problems. The Sandy Bridge <clears throat> won't necessarily be in the same range because the Fusion chipsets um, that I've seen so far are actually netbook processors, and they're very well-built, simple machines. Mm. They're not a competitor, a straight competitor, but it will give Intel, it will give Intel a bit of a tarnish. Like a yeah, bit like the yeah. iPhone four situation with Apple, mm -hmm. it's like it's enough to just mark that reputation. To yeah. just but then again, we thought scratch. that as well with the whole early Pentium system, and that they managed to sort of weather that and survive. But they didn't that really have well. like AMD wasn't the big competitor. At no, the time. we had uh, what was it? It was the six eight six chipsets from yeah. uh, oh god, what was that company called? I've forgotten even what the company. I don't Citrix, know. exactly. Citrix, that was the one. But like, and it was that kind of thing where no one actually, no one turned around and went oh, well, you know, like, we'll go with Citrix chipsets because they were even worse. So the reality was they won by default. Mm. So now, I have to say, I actually skipped the Pentium 4 generation because yeah. I actually went to Athlon, which, yeah. and I was really happy with my Athlon chip, which mm. was the Pentium 4 competitor. Yeah. And, uh, Damn it wasn't, right, Delta. Oh, what's Delta said? Sorry? He says I only buy AMD. There you go. And uh, I actually went back to Intel, though, with the dual cores. Mm. So the Core 2 duos were the... When and I also the i5. Well, now the i5, I'm saying I came back to, to yeah. like, this machine, this PC in front of yeah. us is actually a Core 2 Duo as well. This PC was an Athlon, and it was up when on its last upgrade, was upgraded to a Core 2 Duo. Mm. So, and it'll probably go up to an i5 or an i7 yeah. on its next uh, update. But, I don't know, I may go back to AMD at this point on this next update. It's mm. due for one. It's actually, uh, this the PC in front of us hasn't been updated in three years now. So, it's due for an update. Yeah. So, um, we'll see how we go. But, yeah, I think it's good news for AMD. It's bad news for Intel at this point. Um, but you're right. I think all major companies need at least a slap in the face once in a while just to bring them back Do to reality. And also, it keeps you honest. and It keeps, keeps you, you honest. Good word yeah, yeah. Good like friends. i mean realistically if you get slapped with something like this it's just enough for people to to do sort of stop the trust mm. and sort of go well what are you offering me instead mm -hmm. of just being like well obviously intel well that's right because it's it's and the same thing is happening with the iphone right now which is people just buy an iphone regardless mm. and what android is doing is basically saying there is an alternative Mm. So Android, uh, so Apple has to lift its game because Android is on its heels. And in fact, we actually go on to Android right now and basically say that Android has taken the lead in smartphones now. Mm. Um, this was, um, now mind you, in America, the smartphone lead was really held by BlackBerry for a long time. Um, but according to uh, Tom's Guide, mm. uh, Android is now popular than iOS uh, and Symbian uh, for the first time ever. Hello, my... Computer just went crazy. What's going on here? Okay. Uh, see, it's the heat, man. I tell you. It says here that uh, 
Canalese estimates that Google has taken the market lead from Nokia and shipped 32.9% of all smartphones, about 33.3 million devices within one year. Google surpassed RIM, now at 14.4% share, Apple at 16.2%, and Nokia at 31%. Uh, In quarter four uh, last year, Google held just 8%. Oh wow! That is a massive increase. Um, so there is uh, there is definitely a lot of uh, movement there. Now there's been, and I don't have the article in front of me, but I was reading an article just the other day that was basically saying that um, there's this big push now where they're saying that Microsoft and Nokia should really make a deal because Nokia has the handsets, Microsoft has the operating system, and Nokia's got to get away from Symbian. And I think that's a fantastic idea. I think it would be brilliant, and I think that, that would be a competitor to everybody. Mm. If, uh, because Nokia has never been able to crack the American market, not to big, not to big roads. Yeah. Uh, it's worldwide, Europe, everywhere else, huge. Nokia is gigantic. But America, never really been able to crack the smartphone market. And I think if they offered something that uh, was truly competitive, could you imagine the N8 hardware mm. um, running Windows 7? Oh, dude, absolutely. You know? I mean, that, no, the second a you said that, I'm like, wow, that is yeah. an incredibly good idea. I take that back. N8 hardware with a faster processor uh, running Windows 7. The processor was woefully inadequate on the N8. But it, I think you could have just stopped at woeful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the actual hardware itself, the camera, uh, the OLED screen, mm-hmm. the design, the, yeah. as you said, the USB out. The USB the, uh, out, the HDMI out. HDMI, like, the, I mean, all the, thing was a giant, the thing was a tiny computer with mm. a processor that was far too slow. Absolutely. It was a little media hub, and you put a Windows 7 operating system on there, and you might have a phone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But uh, what's the Nokia software is like DOS. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, Couldn't have dude. said that better, James dude. from Melbourne. Well done. Absolutely. It's, yeah, like, it's no. like DOS running three point, uh, Windows 3.1, you know? Yeah. It really is. It's uh, the, the Nokia, they really need to break Symbian. It's, mm. it's just not happening. Uh, so uh, this week we also saw the Android release uh, Honeycomb. Mm-hmm. I think it was Honeycomb, wasn't it? That's that their latest one? Um, I think it's called Honeycomb. Uh, I don't know. I'm not an Android user. I could be getting these names wrong. But th- this is their tablet uh, operating system. Yeah. Uh, so this is their competitor to iPad. Uh, it was demonstrated at a uh, Android event this week on the new Zoom tablet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and uh, basically the analysts are all saying this is a really, really hot device. They're saying that uh, a lot of these things are where iPad should be. And of course, iPad 2 is coming, so a lot of things might be. But I've got here an article from Gizmodo. That says, and I think this was sent to us by Delta Knight, so thank you very much, Delta, uh, that says five ways the Android-powered Google tablet is better than um, the, I- the iPad. And uh, first one was that it has a helpful, simple, and non-intrusive notification system. I actually don't think the iPad's notification system is that intrusive, but... Uh, yeah, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with. I don't agree. No, with no, that. no. As in, I don't agree with you. Oh, okay. Well, I'd, I've never had a problem with the notification system. I just find it in like as an example. I was writing. I, I guess was, the pop-ups are. are yeah, well, that, yeah. I think that's what they mean. What they need is just the little icon badging. I like the icon badging. Yeah, it comes up with the little red ones and stuff. Mm. True, useful multitasking. Yeah. Now it says while iOS never claimed to have true multitasking. Now we're we're going into this a little bit cold, guys, because we haven't had time to watch video or anything on this yet. We're just going by what we've read, so and we haven't had a chance to play with this yet. Yeah. I'm sure Josh will be the first out of us to play with something like this. Yeah. So when it comes out, because let's face it, the Galaxy Tab, the Galaxy Tab. Here's a funny one for you. According to all the estimates, the Galaxy Tab shipped two million units. If you remember, and everybody's saying what an amazing thing it was. Uh, they've now come out and basically admitted that that's not two million in sales. 
They actually don't know what the sales in the Galaxy Tab have been. That's 2 million units shipped to distributors. Mm. So they've shipped 2 million units. That doesn't necessarily mean 2 million units are in the wild. Mm. All right, so I think that was, uh, we'd be very clear That's about that. That's like no. the PlayStation with their figures on when PlayStation 3 came out. Honeycomb gingerbread. This is honeycomb, isn't it? Yeah, this is honeycomb. Yeah. Gingerbread was the last one. All right. They're saying uh, the iOS never claimed to have true multitasking. Apple's avoided it primarily due to battery life and performance concerns. While we can't know how battery life will be affected on multitasking on newer tablet hardware, the upcoming dual-core processors designed for tablets are certainly showing more than enough power to handle true multitasking. Android 3.0's new multitasking panel is not only easier to bring up with just one tap on the screen as opposed to double-click of the iPad's home button, it is also provides full previews of running applications, etc. So they're saying it is true multitasking. I've got an issue to raise with this right now. Mm. Our chips are getting better. Yeah. Our motherboards are getting better. Our tablets are getting smaller. We're getting better at heat control. The one thing that we have not made any strides in at all is battery <laughs> performance. I'd like to point out that we're using the same basic battery configurations that we've been using for the last few years. And so to sit there and say, oh, all this multitasking, I actually don't want true multitasking on my tablet. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want it. Because we're not getting better batteries in the iPad. Why does the iPad have 10 hours of battery life? Because it's got a fucking huge battery in it. All right? We're putting bigger batteries. iPhone 4 has better battery life than iPhone 3. Why? It's got a bigger battery in it. You know? It's like we don't, we're not making batteries any better. We're just making them bigger. Right? Mm-hmm. So until we actually have a true new form of power, I worry about multi-coring and stuff like that on portable devices. I'm sorry. I just don't believe that we're going to get the battery life that we expect mm. out of these devices. Not yet. Prove it to me. Yeah. Send me a device. Let me see it. Let me see it run. If you can make your Android tablet with the multi-core and the full multitasking and apps running in the background run as long as this iPad, fine. Yeah. I mean, we'll look. Right. We will look. We'll, we'll look. get one and we'll spend some time with it and we'll see all right. how it goes. If it doesn't last as long as the iPad, then I don't see a point in multitasking. As it is, with the not true multitasking on the iPad, you put Skype on this thing and the battery drains in the background. So you sit there and go, it doesn't get 10 hours with multitasking, so I turn off background applications. Exactly. Um, they're saying a better camera app. Well, considering that the uh, iPad doesn't have a camera at this point, and they will in the next generation probably, but what they're saying is that the app, camera app on the tablet is really good on the Android. It's got all sorts of settings and controls and all sorts of stuff, and of course the iPad pad or iphone camera which the ipad will have the same app is basically one button click Mm. push take a picture you know Um, so they're saying it's got a much better camera app they're saying buying apps in a web browser and not syncing so basically you buy when you go to buy an app you go into the web browser you buy it it immediately downloads to your tablet and what other other tablets you have authorized or phones and so forth it will just sync straight over to them wirelessly Mm. so that's kind of neat but not useful here. Not useful here. I'm sorry. I grab a 1.3 gigabyte thing. And I don't like, want it pulling yeah. down all over the place. No, exactly. Yeah. We're on data caps here. Yeah. Um, now, it says where the iPad still wins. Yeah. It says design. Sure, design is a matter of taste. But yeah, I agree. Sleek, yeah. easy, yeah. easy to use. Simplicity. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, AirPlay, which I haven't been able to test, so I can't contest contend to that. But I do have... Uh, an iOS story coming on a little bit later on that actually takes that whole AirPlay thing and throws it out the window because find something better. And hardware. And it says, we realize in the note above we mentioned that we're not focusing on hardware, but the fact is, let's face it, Apple hardware rocks. Mm. You know, it's solidly made. But then again, buying Apple hardware is like buying a BMW. 
You know, I mean, it's as simple as that. You're buying, you're paying. You buy quality. You buy quality manufacturing. Through the fucking nose. So, will the Android tablet be the iPad killer? Very possibly. Who knows? Could be. You know, and I, but I think what we... Will even, it be the killer? No. Will it be a contender? Yes. What, what I think what we're heading for, I read an, uh, an analysis the other day that actually said that um, Android is going to, and eventually it will become like Windows, Mac in the past. Mm. There'll be lots of Android devices out there running lots of different versions of Android. And yes, they will have market share and Apple's iPad will be the boutique item. Mm. And it'll have great sales in a very loyal market, but it won't be the market share. Because when you consider, Apple makes one product. Yeah. And with Android, there's going to be hundreds of products. So, of course, they're going to be market share. Yeah. There's no way that they can actually do anything about that. Unless Apple wants to license their uh, infrastructure and start the clone market again. It's ain't never happen. And it ain't going to happen. And it's, uh, I think the clone market of the 80s and 90s is gone. It's history. Forget it. It's done. Mm. All right, so uh, the question I have is who in our chat room is going to run out and buy an Android tablet when they come out or who's going to stick with their iPads? Uh, we'll let them think about that for a minute while we move on. Uh, so what do we got? We got Sandy Bridge. We got flaws in Sandy Bridge. Uh, we got uh, Android taking on the lead in smartphones. Um, I've got a beat up of the week. I don't have the theme queued up here, but I've got a beat up of the week. And I've got to say, this is just tickled me. Yeah. Sony e-reader or the Sony, Sony book reader app was rejected by Apple. Yeah. I remember. Okay. It's just, just this week it was rejected by Apple and, um, you know, and everybody said, why Kindle's on the Kindle's on the thing and, and Barnes and Noble Nook is on the iPad. Why can't Sony do it? There is actually, and Sony basically claims, and this is where I love the beat up, because Sony turned around and said, they kicked us out because we refuse to have in-app purchases of our books, and in-app purchases means that Apple takes 30%, and we didn't want to do that, so, huh, they kicked us out. Yeah. Well, actually, that's not what happened, yeah. and when you actually start digging a little bit deeper, what you find out is, according to the terms and conditions, and I'm not saying I agree with Apple on this or not, but the terms and conditions are easy. Since they created the in-app purchase thing, what they have said in their terms and conditions, and this has been going on for some time now, is you are allowed to sell it outside of the iPad ecosystem, like Amazon Kindle going to the mm -hmm. website and buying a, an ebook and then bring it into your iPad, or, I'm oh, sorry, but if you are going to have purchases, you must also offer in-app purchase. It mm. must be able to do both. Mm. So if they buy it as an in-app, yes, Apple will get its 30% because it's an in-app purchase, but you are allowed to offer it on your website as well mm. and bring it in. Sony never mentioned that part. Of course not. They didn't want to mention the fact that they are allowed to have external sale of their books as long mm. as they also have in-app. Um, so it was a real beat up in this sense because basically Sony's saying one thing, but Apple turned around and responded very quickly by saying, no, they can sell on their site if they want to, but they also have to offer in-app. It's as simple like, as that. Realistically, man, they, um, Sony really should realize that the rules don't change for ever, anyone. We're learning that f through Rupert Murdoch at yeah. the moment. If anyone was going to change, like be able to tilt Apple... It was this man. He is one of the most powerful people in the world. And he's still paying the 30% yeah. like everyone and, okay, granted, else. Granted, Apple helped him create the whole in-app system and blah, because it was in Apple's interest to do this. Yeah. But it's in-app. Mm. <laughs> it's as simple as that. So, um, look, I don't necessarily agree. And somebody did point out on Buzz Out Loud. I was listening to Buzz Out Loud the other day mm. and said, uh, well, that's easy. Then why doesn't Sony just charge 30% more? 
on the in-app version than they do on their own site to warrant the price. According to Apple's terms and conditions, you're not allowed to charge more for an in-app version than you do for an external version. So that won't work. Yeah. Now, Callison says in our chat room, Sony has a point uh, in that 30% of their profit on ebooks, so selling in-app books has no profit for Sony. Yes, but they, you can buy them outside. And uh, more to the point, like, yes, okay, that's fine. The 30% means that you won't make any profit, but I'm sorry, you're trying to sell something on someone else's unit. That's you're right. not going to make high levels of profit off this anyway. I mean, just be realistic about that. It's just not going to happen. And there's nothing to say that you can't notify your users of the product that they are, you know, yeah. it's there's be- nothing they're, that they're better it. off buying from your website or anything else like that. I just think, look, if you don't want to... And I've, you I'll know why they're crying? Because they're used to running all their own devices. That's right. And, and they're, they're basically going... And their Poo. ebook reader died. Exactly. You know, <laughs> so they are pissed off that they have to bow to Apple. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say this one more time. I've said this before. I'm going to say it one more time. It is Apple's device and Apple's ecosystem. If you don't want to play by their rules, don't join in. (laughs) You know, it's as simple as that. All right? It's their ecosystem and they set the rules. If you want to play in their world, you're going to have to play by their rules. If you don't want to play in their rules... There is nothing saying you have to. Remember the Androids? They're coming out and taking market share. Go play in that ballpark. Yeah. All right? And I'm not saying I agree with Apple's philosophy or not. All I'm just saying is that it's a very simple structure. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. This is their ballpark. You want to play in their ballpark, you play by their rules. It's as simple as that. Um, uh, and, you know, if I was a developer right now, I don't know. I would actually play in their ballpark because, okay, 30% seems steep, but I still get 70%. And there was an app that was just released in the App Store. First week of sales turned a million dollars profit, mm. all right, because it has a huge audience. Yeah. What is so, that? That was uh, um, Pixelmator. Oh. That's a photo app. Oh, right. Okay. Um, this, was, uh, this was in the uh, Mac App Store. Oh. Um, so yeah, the Mac App Store is being a rousing success. Apparently, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, feel how hot this laptop is! I know, is. I know, dude. This one's the same. I know, it's, I know. It's just been turned on. This should not be this hot. All right, power through. <laughs> um, just a quick one for our Sydney listeners. Apparently, Wi-Fi is now available on some Sydney ferries, such as the Manly Ferry and some of the Good others. Lord. I know, free Wi-Fi, and they're now saying that this is rolling out. And over the course of the next uh, year or so, we'll probably have free Wi-Fi on buses and trains as well. Oh man, goodbye, Wi-Fi market. I know, but God, isn't that cool? Oh, dude, very cool. I, I ride the bus very, every day. I think it's very week. cool to have free Wi-Fi on public transport. I think that's neat. Mm. Uh, and it says Wi-Fi at all Macca's brothers. Yes, but Wi-Fi has been at all Macca's for years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about mobility now. <laughs> Thank you, PopShot, for that, though. All right. Um, now, let's talk about the Bing Sting. This has been covered by a lot of uh, tech podcasts, so we won't go into great detail about it. But basically, Bing, uh, sorry, uh, Google caught Bing copying their search results. Um, now, they actually uh, started to notice that uh, Bing search results were coming up as very similar to theirs when misspelling of words. Yeah. Uh, now, their example that they put out was uh, a word that somebody had typed into the search engine as T-O-R-S-O-R-A-F, sorry, A-P-H-Y, Torsarafi, okay? Google offered a spelling change suggestion to Tarasarafi. And then gave the suggestions to this. When you type in the same spelling mistake into Bing, it gave exactly the same corrected search Ah. Um, And basically, uh, Google has been noticing this a lot lately, that Bing has basically been copying their search results. They're not actually declaring 
foul, and they're not actually saying that they've copied their algorithms, but it looks like they are mining Google for some of the results. My question is, is there actually anything wrong with that? If you're a search engine and your competitor is a better search engine, wouldn't you want to try and scrape some of their results? Wasn't their whole thing at Microsoft going to be, be more like Psychonauts? Uh, be, <laughs> be more like Google? That's sorry, right. I, was Psychonauts? <laughs> I was looking down at the uh, computer at that moment. But yeah, like, weren't they pretty much saying we want to be more like everyone else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah. yeah, so now they are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, James from Melbourne says, does that mean Bing will now suffer a well-deserved death? I actually don't think it is a well-deserved death. I think Bing is actually not a bad search engine. I actually have to agree with him, dude. I think it's a terrible search engine. I can't get my head around it. It frustrates the crap out of me. It's like every time I go to use it, I will never find what I'm looking for. What I find about Bing, though, is that the search results are different and the ranking is different, and hmm. so... I predominantly use Google. Google is my default on everything. But every now and again, if I can't find something or I'm having a frustrating time doing a search, mm. I will sometimes bing it just because I can sometimes dig up a different result. Yeah. Um, and I've actually managed to do that on a couple of occasions where I found something else. So it is good to have competitors. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that Bing is as good as Google. Google is definitely the search engine of choice. Mm. But if you remember back to the bad old days of the internet when we had things like AltaVista and WebCrawler and all those, it was good to have choice. Yeah, yeah that was because AltaVista was fucking awful. I loved AltaVista. It was my search engine of choice for a while. Right? Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Anyway, we'll Google leave. took it away. WebCrawler was also good, though. WebCrawler was good for the uh, pirates. Oh, I didn't say it. <laughs> it was good for the pirates, but not us. That's right, not no, for us. Not no, for us. No. It had no service for us whatsoever. <laughs> All right, back to that. Let's let's go back to that story about the um, uh, airplay. Mm. According to Gizmodo, um, there is a new app in the App Store now. I haven't managed to get it yet. I'm going to go have a look for it this afternoon. Uh, the app is basically allows you to turn. It's called Video Stream. Basically, allows you to turn your iOS device into an Apple TV, basically. It will yeah. stream, so you can stream from your Mac or your PC into the Apple TV, which is now plugged into your television set, and it basically becomes the entertainment hub. Right. This is hot. Yeah. Apparently, it will also encode on the fly, DIVX files, yeah, yeah, anything. Yeah. So, so just like Air Video or something like so that. So it's a lot like AirPlay uh, or Air Video, and basically uh, allows you to bypass the concept of having an Apple TV altogether, and allows you to just go straight into, stream it into your device. Your device is plugged into your television set. You stream it straight off your device. Mm-hmm. So whether it's an iPhone or an iPad, I think this is kind of cool. Yeah, and I will have a look at this device. I'll probably never use it, but I'll have a look at it because I'm always look, curious. Honestly, about um, if it works better than Air Video, because as much as I love um, Air Video, like it works one out of ten times for me. Air Video is that the one? No, no, that's my. That's the other one. Oh, sorry, Video Stream is what we're looking for. Um, video Stream free. Try the free version. No, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> They're always shit. They're always like ten minutes and it turns off or something. Um, but yeah, no. Um, if it works like that, man, it is one of the coolest applications I have on my device because basically I can just sit in bed and access anything off my computers. All right. Now, James from Melbourne, coming back to your point in one second. James from Melbourne says, with all TVs now having VGA inputs, is it really needed? My laptop plugs straight into my TV. Okay, granted. Good point. My media, all of my media, my iTunes and everything else is stored on that iMac right mm. there, which yeah. is upstairs to my television set. So I stream down into the Apple TV, and it's not going through VGA input. It's going through HDMI, true HD. Mm. Okay? So there's a much uh, much higher resolution. Now, if I had it all on my laptop, yeah, I could just plug my laptop directly in. But why do I want to have my laptop sitting there in front of my television set when I could just have a little box? Yeah. 
like my iPhone or an Apple TV sitting next to my TV set. So yes, if you are one that has everything on your laptop, fine, that's one alternative. Um, I would actually say that uh, if you've got an HDTV, you don't want to go through a VGA input that. Mm. You want a much higher resolution than that. You want a much much clearer. But will it? It probably won't output at 1080p, man. This won't. But what I'm saying is, I stream to my Apple TV, which does. No. So, um, see, my Apple TV is still 1080p. I think the Apple TV 2 is only 720p. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. So the original Apple TV was 1080p. Mm. So, look, this is not going to work for everybody. And as Freak says, I Damn use the my. HDMI on my wife's laptop. Absolutely. If you've got HDMI too. on your laptop, who are you? You know? <laughs> go for it. <laughs> that's the way to go, you know? So, um, anyway, so that's just an option for you. Um, and I'm going to put that down as, I guess, my app pick of the week because I don't have an app pick for this week. I've got one. Good. I'm glad you do. <laughs> All right. Let's do that feedback real quick. Um, we've got two. First one I want to do is tech-related. Now, this was the one that was causing confusion in the pre-show just before we got started. This is from uh, Delta Knight in our chat room. And basically, he sent this to me this morning, and it's got a stop the press (laughs) written at the top (laughs) because it's like we have to get this out. And basically, what he's saying is in this article by Geekology, and I'm going to bring up the article, he says, I know I'm very late for the show notes, uh, but I just had to get this to you and warn all geeks out there, Skynet has arrived, and it's only a matter of time before we before they start to take over uh please read this out on the show we must warn the world and hopefully some of us will survive the long bloody war but personally i welcome our new robot or overlords and offer my services as a humble it tech bows to his computer (laughs) 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 and he says viva uh la geek on stabs his computer in the power supply twists with a knife All (laughs) all right According to the article at Geekology, it says the real Skynet now exists. Apocalypse imminent. Uh, He says, that's right. Scientists have developed a network that uh, autonomous robots can use to send and obtain directions on how to perform various tasks. So basically what we're saying is it's a central hub that is issuing instructions to all those autonomous robots out there, taking humans out of the equation, and Skynet has been born. All right. All we have to do now is equip them all with those creepy robot hands from last week, and we're in business and teach and then make them all learn like that meat cutting robot a few weeks ago learn how to teach them all how to knife fight you know well, that guy will be hooked up to the system so he can teach them how there to do you that. go they pull that software out and install it on all the computers and we end up with a whole bunch of carved up humans all right so if you're interested and in autonomous all... drones flying around blowing the crap out of us hunter killers anyone oh my god oh, the that's, world is that's over the quadcopters. <laughs> all right so if you are interested at all in this link i will put this link in the show notes um and there is a video that you can watch as well so delta thank you very much for our late breaking news that's uh, we, right we, pop shot damn scientists we need a late breaking news uh, bum, uh, uh sting um out uh, there uh, uh it's hot it's really hot it's hot man it's hot <laughs> yeah i know it's hot all right now uh this is a very quick one from tristan now, Tristan... You know ha- who you are. You know who you are, Tristan. Has responded. Tristan is one of our dedicated. He writes to us a lot of emails. Now, Tristan uh, has clarified uh, for us uh, why we need to have internet-enabled washing machines and stuff yes, like that. Yes, this was really interesting, dude. Um, now, he basically said, uh, Hi, guys. Um, in your Tech Actually episode, Dave was asking the question, why would we need internet-enabled washing machines, etc.? The answer is because eventually they want to, to create, they want to create a smart electricity grid. They want to be able to control what appliances are on at certain times depending on what they are, etc. For for instance, if they know there is going to be a hefty load on the electricity grid during the heat wave, 
as there was in this last week. We had blackouts uh, yeah. in some of the western suburbs yeah. recently. Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard about that. Um, during the heat wave, they will be able, uh, they will have the ability to switch people's air cons up or down a degree or two to save power. Uh, remotely, they'll be able to monitor areas where power is being used the most, etc., and control the activity they want. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that way. Uh, your washing machine could detect when the power is at the cheapest price and run at night when you are asleep, depending on when your power uh, at your, to your home is the cheapest. They will have the ability to turn things on and off if they deem them unnecessary at times or being unused. For instance, I hate this idea. Could you imagine you're walking around your house, the lights just go out? Lights come back on. Fridge goes off. You know, it's like things just Every, turn on and off all around no, the house. Just start dimming. It's like you're reading a magazine, and all of a sudden the light goes like almost off, and you're like, "Well, it's like those power, ah. like power saving offices where if they don't detect movement, the lights go out." Yeah. And so every now and again, you'll see these people working at their computers, and they go. <laughs> just, just, just to like reactivate to show that there's still movement in the office, you know, because otherwise lights go out. I think. I think. Look, it's a great idea. The idea that this, the grid is smart and yeah. has the ability to fluctuate and control the flow of electricity. I just don't think that this is something that is necessarily something that can be automated. Yeah. Because every human using power has different needs. Oh, dude, and different time schedules. And like, di- as yeah. an example, when I used to work night shifts, what would you do for me? It's like, realistically, I go to work at like... Four o'clock in the afternoon and don't get home until three o'clock in the morning. I did my washing at like five, six o'clock a.m. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm just sitting there going, so what happens with me? It just sits there and goes, well, it's six o'clock in the morning. You don't need to be using that. It's like, motherfucker, I do. I've got to wash <laughs> my right. clothes sometimes. James from Melbourne says it's a terrible idea. It's like having a wife in charge of your meter box. <laughs> what? Oh, dude. <laughs> my wife can be in charge of my meter box anytime. <laughs> I love you, honey. <laughs> All right. So he also goes on, uh, Tristan also goes on to say, about that question we asked last week mm. which is still an open question and please we would like to see your emails about this mm. which is um, we pose a question of what technology do you use each day and he says he uses his computer TV which is hooked up to his PlayStation from which he streams his media uh, off of his computer onto. I also watch TV through Play TV on my PlayStation. I use my HTC Desire HD phone each day for emails, Facebooking. I use my car to go to and from work plus um, various little devices for his work as a cabinet maker. Mm. Okay, great. He says... This is the killer part, though. He says, I could probably go without all my technology, cold turkey without a problem. I don't see any of my technology as necessity, more of a way to make my life a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, as a kid, I would go out camping all the time with nothing but a tent and food. That's what you said yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my wife, on the other hand, would freak and probably die if she didn't have a phone for more than a day. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, thank you very much for that, Tristan. That is really good. So we do offer, we do suggest to you, please write in what technology gets you through the day. Okay, mm. we want more responses to that. Okay, now let's move into a, some slightly more geeky stuff. Uh, we're, what's our time? Oh, we're doing well. We're doing well. Okay. Customer service be damned, god damn it. <laughs> you're going to get no argument from me on that front. In a day. British airport... In a British airport, I think it's actually Heathrow, actually. Uh, could be Heathrow or Gatwick, I'm not sure. But basically, they're running an experiment where they're replacing some of their customer service people with holograms. Great. Pre-recorded holograms. So, uh, yeah, so just in case you are looking for some personal service at the airport, you're not going to get it uh, here because they are actually... Uh, deciding that this is a way to go. They're trying to streamline stuff, and they're putting nice and smiley faces so that you aren't 
you know, freaking out about going to the airport. Now, my only problem with this, of course, is I think I'm going to freak out even more if there isn't a real person. No, like, to be honest, man, I actually think this is fair because what's happened in... Um, Manchester and, Airport, by the yeah. way, was the... Um, you've, see, you've heard me talk about this constantly, that I think, you know, we've got to the point where um, the customer really has to realize that they're not right, but yeah, yeah. realistically, we keep giving them more and more rights. By taking that away, I am happy. Look, I, I am in retail, but I will abandon retail if it means that I can basically teach some people some goddamn manners. If you have to talk to a computer, right, you can yell, you can scream, you can kick, you can do whatever you want. That thing is just going to sit there and go, I'm sorry, I don't understand. Please try again. Mm. And until you calm down and until you talk rationally. Or they rip the sensors out of the wall. And if they do that, (laughs) then they get taken away to prison. And I win anyway. It's like realistically, no, something like this doesn't bother me because unless... Unless there isn't someone that can come up and see me, what I want. Well, yeah, is you need to have that. You need to have that ultimate. Dude, they need to time. have it. They need to have it like you have with the self serve checkouts now at the thing, which is you've got all these computers doing the work, and when you see that guy that's about to pop a, pop a blood vessel, you can run over and go, "Hey, so let's." Delta help you Knight up. sums it up. What? Now, you work in retail right now. Yeah. I worked in retail for mm. close to probably yeah. 15, 16 years of my life. Yeah. Delta says I think everyone should work in retail just so they know yeah. what kind of hey, shit look, people in retail have to deal know, with. You want to know how to fix a lot of the problems in the world? Instead of sending people to the wars for like a year of their life... like Send them into something. the other battlefield. No, no, no. Send them into McDonald's. Everyone does six months mandatory customer service at McDonald's. You have to work at the front counter. You have to get shit thrown at you. You have to get screamed at. You have Better to get- than McDonald's. No, because we're making it a mandatory thing. They all have to work in government offices. They all have to work at the RTA... RTA. Medicare, you know, all the places where people get the maddest. And you put them on, they have to do six months on the counter in those places. And I imagine the average person would just completely change the way that they did everything. They would just completely reorganize their lives because you Hmm. would just turn around and be like, wow, I'm a real... Callison says he's never worked in retail, but he's worked as tech support. He thinks that counts. Anytime dealing with the public. Yeah. Um, Yes, anytime you deal with the public... That is when uh, you get a real feeling for it. Sorry, I interrupted you. I no, that's all right. I was actually um, just saying... We've got uh, customer yes. service experiences coming all over the place here. Yeah. He had the best customer service in Hawaii. Look, I'll, I'll, look, freak, I'll actually freak in our chat room and say that. I'll say the best, public ser- the best public service I've ever had is actually in the United States of America. That's probably true, Zed. Um, Which Zed he says some people just wouldn't notice. That's true. That's yeah, true. some people would just come out the other end of it even more pissed off. Um, <laughs> wow Snake says Snake wins Snake says Stuff that works in transport He wins They have the retail staff Going off of him Ah <laughs> uh, yes uh, Yes No that's true And because they, they live In America We're saying the best Customer service is in America Because in America They are trained for customer service And they live on tips Yep exactly And so they have to Yep They have to have Good customer service Also they live in fear Let me just tell you I worked in retail In the United States I worked for retail in the United States as well as in here. And the difference between retail in the United States and the retail here is you do anything wrong as a staff member in retail in the United States, you get fired. Yeah. They don't fuck around with this. You get one report to a manager on you, you're let go. Simple as that. End of story. You know? 
You're late for work, you get fired. Your till is under or over, you get fired. You know, they live in fear, man. Yeah. And because of that, it gives much better customer service. <laughs> you better smile at those damn customers. <laughs> All right. Now, I just got to say, though, that I think the holograms, there is one plus to the hologram story, right. which is when you start dealing with airport security and they do this, you start to wonder if maybe an automated system might not be a better idea. In, uh, I've got to get the country right here. I've got to get the <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, making me laugh already. Um, uh, where the hell was this? They don't actually say... Oh, no, Gatwick Airport, England again. So, yes, yeah. they're doing the holograms. I think they need it. Gatwick Airport recently declared a firearm, this particular firearm, a mm. prohibited weapon, and it was confiscated because, God damn it, how dare these people try and smuggle this firearm through. It was actually the little three-inch rifle from a statuette. Oh, Wow. It was detected in the scanner as it went through, and they went, weapon, gun, and they actually confiscated it. They gave them back the, the figurine, but they didn't give back the little plastic gun. What were they afraid of? The little microscopic bullets that it might have hit? <laughs> It was a piece of plastic. What, do they think maybe you pour water on it? And, and it expands? <laughs> <laughs> Assault rifle, just add water. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. Like, what? what is your... <laughs> What is it? This security guy holding this guy. Damn you! You are going to shoot me with this this thing in the palm of my hand. He's probably thinking somebody's going to stab someone with it or something. It was a three-inch bit of plastic. Yeah. Uh, they did give it back to Mrs. Lloyd in the end, who then put it in a box yeah. and mailed it to herself um, so that she could have it when she got home. And all I could say, I love the last article here. This is uh, an article from uh, Gizmodo. And I love the article. The very last site says, Somewhere G.I. Joe pounds a plastic kung fu fist of indignation. <laughs> That's incredibly bad. That's hilarious, man. I just look, look at you and go, how... How could you even take that seriously? I don't, I, I don't know. I think, honestly, that person was just in a bad mood. Like, that's, that's my problem my with this whole is, thing. My question is, did they get fired over that? Yeah. Because that is just the most stupid thing I've ever seen. Okay, along with our um, technology question of what technology gets you through the day, yeah. an article came up uh, in the Sydney Morning Herald, I want to say. No, no, sorry, in Gizmodo, mm-hmm. uh, that I thought was really, really interesting. Um, Delta sent this through as well. And it's talking about computer OCD. Mm-hmm. And I thought uh, the article is titled, Is Tech OCD Consuming Your Life? And it really started to make me think, do you, are you suffering from mm. tech OCD? Do you wake up in the morning, the first thing you have to do is check your email on your phone? Do you, before you have your Wheaties in the morning, do you immediately have to boot your computer? Is there a routine that you go through? How often do you tend your farms in Farmville, you yeah. know, on a daily basis and so forth? And I think it is a really interesting point that, that we, are, we are completely bombarded by information and technology now that we've gotten to a point where it's almost taken over our lives. Mm. We don't seem to have a normal life anymore. It's uh, our usual routines. In the old days, wake up in the morning, stretch, yawn, oh, mm, crawl out of bed, put the kettle on, make a cup of coffee, you know, have a shower, get your day started, and then you start doing stuff. Yeah. Nowadays, first thing in my hand in the morning, I wake up, I reach over, I grab my phone. Mm. Well, look, realistically, then- man, um, I'm sorry, but I don't actually see the problem with that because it doesn't run my life. If it gets to the point where it's running your life, like... If it wasn't there, you would freak out, or if, like, you couldn't deal without that happening. I do it because I am awake, and there are certain things that I want to find out in the morning. Like, certain people want to read the newspaper. That hasn't changed. 
It's just that it's now at arm's length. Mm. So instead of walking down to the front door and getting it, you have <laughs> right. it in your bed. According this- to this article, it says, um, we believe that if we just finish a list of every movie we want to see, we can finish that task. Uh, it says, despite the fact that most people's Netflix queues, like this, this writer's, are bottomless pits of despair and futile cinematic ambitions. A stockpile, uh, a stockpile of things uh, I add for the millisecond burst of satisfaction I get from clicking on a French New Wave film, half knowing I'll never actually get around to watching it because it's underneath 70 other discs I'll never watch either, right? And this is kind of what he's saying, though. It's just mm. kind of like we spend constant amounts of time going, I'm going to do some file management, clean up all my files on my computer. I'm going to sort my DVD collection. I'm going to create a database of this. I'm going to... It's like... Inbox zero is this big thing where people immediately have to check their inbox and respond to everything, clear it so the inbox is zeroed, you know, to start again. This constant barrage of this OCD type behavior where, and you sit there and go, is it really all worth it? I, I, I'm not quite that bad, but I'm OCD anyway. Yeah, I know. So so realistically, I'm kind of like, I don't see the problem here because that's just my life. Like no matter what I do, I will be that person. If you take technology out, I'll just start rearranging my vinyl collection or my (laughs) CD collection. Like realistically, everything in my house is like that. That was way before I got into computers. Well, I was going through my DVDs the other day and I'm walking through, I've got DVDs on both sides of my hallway. Uh, Hmm. One day I'll put a photograph up of them, (laughs) but I've got DVDs on both sides of my hallways and I'm walking down there going, I should alphabetize it. And the big question of the day was, do I mix the Blu-rays in with the DVDs yeah. or do I keep them separated? You yeah, know? There's a great line um, as, as film lovers. There's a great bit in uh, the film High Fidelity where um, a, friend, a friend comes over to check on him after he's broken up with his girlfriend. Yes. And he's got all his vinyls on piles in the floor and he comes in and the guy's immediately doing, because they're both um, like nerds, um, they're both kind of looking around. He's trying to figure out how he's ordering it he's like it's not um he's like it's not alphabetical he's like it's not numerical and he looks at me goes what is it and he goes autobiographical (laughs) and it's just i'm just that kind of a guy i would wake up one morning and be like i'm gonna put these in the order of my life and just like sit there and my son was looking at my dvds the other day and he goes i'm looking for this particular film what is it and i've got a lot of dvds and he goes "Where, where would it be and i went it's over here and i pulled it out and he goes What's the order here? <laughs> I said, I said, Nicholas, you have to understand that this is a throwback to the fact that I managed a video library for 13 years. Yep. I said, it's in company order. <laughs> <laughs> I had all my DVDs. I have all my DVDs sorted into company order. Yeah. So I can pinpoint a film by Warner Brothers, by Sony, by, you know, what have you. And now I'm looking at it going, I should do a company order alphabetical within each company. You know, and so it's like, uh, so, you know. This is just the way things work. Uh, yeah. We all have these little elements to us. Um, I am a compulsive um, file manager mm. on my computer. Yeah. I like to have little sorted files and little sorted folders, and yeah. I have color code tags on the folders and you know and the whole bit. So you know, we all have this little OCD trait to us. So write to us and tell us what your little OCD oh, traits dude, are. Absolutely, no, I'm so keen to find out what. Me too. Have. I love to know. So feedback at geekactually.com. Send us your OCD traits when it comes to technology. Not your general OCDness. Okay, everybody's got OCD in somewhere. I'm talking about in your tech world, in your tech life, in mm. your geek life. What is your what is your OCDness in your geek life? Um, now uh, I want to know. I really want to know when did 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm going to take. Let me backtrack this. I actually wrote in the show notes. I said we seem to have talked about this subject so much over the years. So we're just going to call this section "When Have Knockers Been a Bad Thing?" Part 153. Okay? Right, right, right. right. <sighs> so what is it this time? <laughs> this time, a public servant yeah. has just been fired from his job because he looked up the word "knockers" on Google on a company computer. Right. Here's the kicker. It was a company laptop, but it was off the clock, at his house, on his own bandwidth, and he cleared the cache and everything afterwards, and nothing he looked at was illegal. But there was a snooping program called Spectre 360 on the laptop, because it was a company laptop, which recorded his internet cache. Mm -hmm. They got the computer. They detected the word knockers. They... Fired him. So they didn't even find out? Well, because he broke company policy, which is company policy is you're not allowed to look up pornography on, on a company machine, even though it was on his own time, at his own house, under his own bandwidth, and everything else. Now, it has been appealed, but apparently the appeal has failed as well. And um, I imagine it would be because of the reputation of sites like that, like it could damage the computer. By him going to sites like that, like if he goes, uh, it's more pe- it's more petty than that. This is a Commonwealth government and their fucking Puritan way of thinking, and even the judge, uh, who basically Justin Parham was his, Justice Parham, basically said that he thought this was ridiculous, but he couldn't overturn it, unfortunately, because he said it may be harsh, uh, and there will be those who think it is inhumane, according to his quote. This is from news.com.au, no, City Morning Herald, sorry. Mm. Uh, he said he may think it's inhumane, but that is not the requisite standard. The problem is that, according to the, by the book, yeah. the book was, uh, it was not his laptop, and its owner had asked him not to use it to view pornography. Yeah. Um, there were issues of privacy with the fact that this thing was spying on him. Yeah. That's a whole different issue. Um, but I think the Justice Perham's last phrase is my favorite of the whole thing because he thought this whole thing was a joke as well. He said, quote, some might think that the resources of the Commonwealth could be, u- could be better utilized on activities apart from the zealous pursuit of the public servant for something he did in his own home, which was not against the law. Yeah, no, goddamn right. Man. You know? And so, yeah, I think the judge was kind of pissed at all of this as well. But there's nothing he could do. The man did lose his job. He was 12 years in, I think it was, of Jesus. this job. And he was let go because he looked up the word knockers. Yeah. <laughs> That's just ridiculous, right, man. So, sorry, sorry, I think back 25 year career oh man 25 year career uh guys like lonely and shit and and apparently this program takes a snapshot of the desktop every 30 seconds holy fuck that's really invasive isn't it just i just would never use that laptop you know and i look at this and it says here that he worked for the commonwealth department of resources energy and tourism he was probably looking up like bikinis, you know? How do knockers look in bikinis, you know? Yeah, Tourism? Yeah, you wish, dude. All right, whatever. <laughs> look, the point is, he was probably lonely and wanted to look at some boobs. God, I feel like flashing boobs up on screen right now and saying, just look at them all, you know? Uh, what are we going to do? We're just going to insert random nudity into the feed. We'll just do that whole kind of like uh, Fight Club thing and just yeah, throw in like quarter, second, quarter second shots of like boobs. Yeah, or damn penis. straight. I think it's a good idea. What do you reckon, chat room? I think we should do that. What affect the audio listeners? They won't be able to see it. <laughs> <laughs> what we should do for our audio listeners is we should just develop a small case of Tourette syndrome every week, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. So uh, I do say my apologies and I say our government sucks. Our heart goes out to you, dude. And if we could give you a job or get you a job, we totally would. 
Unfortunately, I don't make any money. Yeah, so. we don't make money on this, so <laughs> deal. Okay, um, what time is it? Oh, we're going to have to move through this. Uh, screw that, screw that, screw that. I, I just wanted to say the International Space Station is getting a jumping castle. Apparently, they're, gonna, they're putting up an inflatable section. Mm. Um, it's this new technique where it's kind of like a, um, a, a, an inflatable portion, so it's much lighter to get up there, and it's really tough and everything. And all I can think is all these astronauts bouncing off the walls. <laughs> How fun well, would probably, that be? It's probably good for uh, muscles as well. because I guess, yeah. yeah. I don't think they actually want you bouncing off the walls somehow, but, you know, it's yeah. there. What the hell? It's a jumping <laughs> castle. Now, weird food, guys. This is... This is Quite possibly the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Now, oh, Delta, man, this is amazing. Delta, I'm going to apologize to you right now. Delta, in his show note links, sent through the latest epic food, the epic, yeah. latest epic mealtime. And I looked at it, and I thought, yeah, that's very funny, but I'm not going to use it this week. Yeah. I actually found my own weird food this week. This was actually this amazing. Somebody put this on a Twitter feed, and I had a look at the link, and I went... Holy you double crap. Took. You double took. Because I double took when you I, said it to me. I double I took, like, man. What? And I went, what? are what? you kidding? This is from a website called japantrends.com. Trend is one word <laughs> for it. One word. Okay. Now, don, in Japanese food, for those who don't eat Japanese food, don means rice dish. Yeah. Okay? So you can have, you know, uh, beef don, chicken don, what have you, right? Whatever mm. the words are. Now, the word hentai, for those who don't watch Japanese animation can be actually uh, translated directly into the English as perverted or pervert, okay? The latest trend coming out of Japan for our heavily repressed cousins over there uh, is hentai don, okay? Now, I'll let your minds... Take that for a moment. I'll let's, let your minds reel all those words <laughs> we just told you, so... So it's a pervert. per- perverted rice dish. Rice dish. Okay, so uh, now, a 49-year-old man... Uh, apparently stole around 748 gym shoes and slippers. Right. Uh, he apparently simmered the pilfered goods for a week before adding them to Tamago Gohan. The final piece de resistance were bras and swimsuits grated and sprinkled on top. He then sold the grain bra- groundbreaking hentai don for 850 yen, about 10 US dollars. Um, even the eggs in the Tamago Gohan were stolen from the school hens. Oh, wow. So this takes perversion to a whole new level. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> I just think that is the weirdest fucking perversion ever. Okay, I understand You know, people get perverted and they want to smell shoes and stuff, but how does eating shoes... In any form, actually, <laughs> how does this? There's a part of you that just goes, "Dude, seriously, sweat go soups as Delta Knight." <laughs> oh, Delta, wrong. Well, right on the money. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't say he was wrong. I and Callison's is still somehow healthier than anything Epic Meal Time has eaten. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, sadly true perverted food get the canadians onto it yeah oh man that's um... and snake Oz says it's with rice so it's okay <laughs> <laughs> so we call this section weird food that's weird food that that is definition i think that is officially taking the crown um that is the weirdest food i think we have we were actually talking about it before the show and we said at least with your whole chicken in a can you could actually eat that yeah it looks disgusting but you could eat it but you could still eat it crazy weird says freak yeah that's a crazy weird world somebody asked me uh it was actually celine asked me she said why is it the japanese just 
have some of these weird fetishes. Mm. Now, I don't want to single out the Japanese. What we're going to say, though, is it was something that occurred to us when we were talking about this. It's got to do with repressed societies. Mm. The more repressed the society is, the freakier people get. You think mm. about the English and how repressed the upper class is, and these are the ones who get caught with these weird, you know, wearing diapers and dressing as women and going out and having these perverted re- mm. affairs with their secretaries and stuff. It's, they get these really repressed yeah. where they can't I saw the secretary last night. We talked about the secretary and the idea of finding that soulmate who will actually help you fulfill that desire that you have in your heart. Yeah. And if you completely repressed, you have an unsatisfied part of you and they, str- they lash out. They try and find anything they can yeah. to help break that repression quietly while they're in the closet. Yeah. You know, um, people, I bet you he sold every dish of, oh, this, yeah. of hentai don. You know? I mean, like, they used to have them in vending machines, for Christ's sake. I think, uh, I think a, a meal or two here and there is probably just a given. And somebody's saying religion much. I don't even think it's got to do with... Well, religion has got something to do with it, because that also helps fuel the repression. But it's also that just society in general. Well, look, um, religion has an incredibly strong... Like, I mean, it is an incredibly strong form of repression that leads to things that we have seen on mm-hmm. news... Broadcasts all over the place and uh, has now become Zed a running point, joke. Zed wants to point out in our chat room, uh, edible panties or cotton silk doesn't taste good. <laughs> Speaking well, from good experience. Thank, Thank you. you. That's a good yeah. tip. That's a good tip. We needed so there that you tip. Go. Tips from the uh, geeks <laughs> out there, I guess. Thank you, Zed. All right. So that's our weird food. We do have to move into a quick, uh, quick pick of the week. Josh, I believe you've got one for us. Ah, yes. Um, my <laughs> one for this week is an iPhone app. It's very cheap at the moment. It's not incredibly deep, but it's a smart game. Uh, before you go on, Octane says, I want to know how you grate a bra. That was actually one of the first questions that came up to my mind as well when I read that. How do you grate a bra? Sorry, moving yeah. on. <laughs> um, I have this particular game. You won't be able to see it very well, but basically the, um, the game is called Copter 2. And basically the entire game is uh, done using the gyroscope on the actual unit. Oh, cool. So basically you actually literally lift the unit up and down and backwards and forwards to get your unit off oh, the Oh, this is like, um, I've got another app that does that as well. It doesn't use the gyroscope, but it uses the motion detector, which so allows you to fly. you can fly in the air. I love it. these kind of games. I'm yeah. going to buy this. And I just blew up. What's it called? Um, it's called Copter 2. And it's actually probably the best use of the gyroscope I've seen. Um, I'm on a mission now, which is the first fun mission I've found. We are actually defending a base in the middle and you have to blow up the vehicles on both sides, but also get back and re and it's a reworking of Choplifter, isn't it? Where you have to pick up people? I think people? they may have even yeah. done it because this yeah. is their second game. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I've got, to, I've got to get it. I love those sort of games. Yeah, no, it's a great game. That's my only one for this week, though, because I'm poor. And it says, there, ah, the Commodore 64, I miss it. Yeah, there was um, Rescue POWs. There was this choplifter yep. on 64. I used to love that game. Love that game. All right, well, we're going to finish up here uh, for Geek for the Day. I know it's been a slightly shorter show than normal, but it is really hot and we have to continue moving on. It's so um, hot. You have no idea how incredibly so, hot it, it is, is right so now. It is so very hot. We're going to go out with a little bit of history this week. Yeah. Um, actually, we'll do this and we'll come back and we'll do our housekeeping. So we'll just have a look at this. This is a little moment in history for you. Delta found this. Um, now, the link uh, on the show notes that he sent through was broken. It was right. already removed. But I found it. If you go to YouTube, you can find it. And I'll put the fresh, I'll put the fresh YouTube link. Uh, the Geekology one's a broken video. But basically, in, it's from 1994. Now, this is a video that is actually somebody shot their television screen. So it's not very good quality and the sound isn't very good quality. But listen carefully. This is 1994, the USA Today Show. Okay? Mm. Brian Gumbel, Katie Couric. And this is them <laughs> not understanding what the internet is. 
and trying to work it out. Okay, so this is in 1994. Now, in 1994, we knew what the internet was; it was already starting to take off. But apparently, they hadn't heard of it yet. All right, so here you go. This is the Today Show and explaining the internet. Back to 56 pass. I wasn't prepared to translate that as I was doing that little tease. Oh, that little mark with the A and then the ring around it. At. See, that's what I said. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie said she thought it was about. Yeah. Oh. But I've never heard it. I've never heard it said. I'd always seen the mark, but never yeah. heard it said. And then yeah. it sounded stupid when I said it. Violence at NBC. <coughs> well, I heard it around or about in the lunchroom. See, <laughs> there it is. Violence at NBC. GE com. I mean. Well, well Allison it? should know. What, what do you is think internet that Allison? anyway? Internet is uh, that massive computer right. network, the one that's becoming really big now. What do you mean? That's big. How does one? What do you write to it like mail? No, a lot of people use it and communicate. It, I guess they can communicate with NBC writers and producers. Allison, can you explain what internet is? No, she can't say anything in ten seconds or less. Uh, <laughs> oh, Allison will be in the studio shortly. What, is, what it? does it mean? Giant computer network made up, made up of, uh, started from... Oh, I thought you were going to tell us what this was. It's like a, a computer billboard. It's, it's not a... It's, it, it's, it's a computer billboard, but it's right. nationwide. It's, it's several uh, universities and everything all joined together. Right. And others can access it. Right. And, and it's getting bigger and bigger. Just it came great. in really handy during the quake. A lot of people, that's how they were communicating out to tell family and loved ones they were okay because all the phone lines were down. I was telling Katie and I was But you don't, need, you don't need that... You don't need a phone line to operate no. in No. No. You don't wow. need you don't need a phone line. I love that part. I love that. Nineteen ninety four. No, you don't need a phone line to use it. You know, anybody can just use it. You just type on it. Wow, it's a series of tubes. <laughs> 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 oh dear I know you don't need a phone line Delta that was my favorite part too you sit there and go no no you just write to it you know just, yep. just, that's how they communicate when all the phone you lines were down just, you just write to it and a giant head comes up on your screen and tells you the answer that's actually how the internet worked scary yeah. stuff wow man that is <laughs> Delta says what does it work with magic <laughs> <laughs> all computers work, didn't you know, man? Yes, it's, it's, it's actually the second part of my title. It's like IT technician, magician. It's actually what I do. I just make stuff work. I think there's our show title, Internet Works With Magic. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Internet Works With Magic. All right. Agree or disagree with anything we have to say? Want to tell us about your OCD geek habits or want to tell us what technology gets through your life or you just find something that really interests you, uh, send it to us at feedback at geekactually.com or you can always send us a voicemail at 02801131367 uh, if it's a really interesting one, we'll play it on the show. Um, you can get merchandise, follow our fan page, follow us on Twitter, follow our Tumblr accounts, do any of that wonderful stuff or just read the site, go to geekactually.com. Uh, all of our material is there or of course you can always watch this show as we record it live while we're hot and sweating and dying and uh, you can f- we start at 12 p.m. ish. We're a bit late today. 12 p.m. ish. Saturday afternoons, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, UTC plus 11. <gasps> at geekaxi.com live. <laughs> Four <slash live. laughs> I was just waiting for you to breathe then. It's like, it's <laughs> All right. coming eventually. Uh, we also want to a quick shout out to our friends, weekendronin.com. They put out the great podcast, Real Junkies, R-E-E-L, which is a movie podcast, which is a bunch of guys talking about movies and getting drunk on tequila. It's always a lot of fun to listen to. And Josh, I believe there is another podcast we should talk about. Yes, absolutely. RawDLC.com is a gaming website you should head over there it's great fun we have games we have links we have things that are funny we have all the news and reviews of the people that actually work on the site plus a couple of new people that have been lately doing it and uh also huge shout out to everybody that helped us out last month we hit 20 
thousand page views uh, last month, which was a huge jump considering we have officially only been (coughs) open now six months. Very good. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Sorry, I I, I kind of had to squint there because um, I took a swig of my Dr Pepper sitting here, yeah, and it was warm. Oh snap! Oh. oh, that's oh, that's foul. Yeah, warm soda water. Very good. Very nice. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah. All right. So rawdlc.com, Uh Josh Spencer over techninja.blogspot.com does and our. I am going to call you soon, dude. He's going to call you. Uh, he did our artwork for our cover art, which is magnificent and it's fantastic. Uh, and that's it. I don't have any more. I think that's all the plugs we're giving this week. Mm. Unless, uh, look, and you know what? If you run another site, which is technology or geek related, and you want to do some crossover and you're doing some podcasting or whatever, contact us. Mm. We don't want to be spammed. We don't want to be, you know, we want to make sure that we all are on the same page. But, you know, we'd love to help out other people. And, you know, we are always interested ourselves in finding other people's geek sites. So send your addresses along and we will have a look at them. All right, dudes, we're going to get out of here. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for our chat room. Film actually follows on the network. For those who are listening to the audio podcast, uh, you know, to search for Film Actually, which is our film podcast, which you can also find on iTunes. Just search Film Actually. And with that note, we're going to get out of here. Thank you very much, Josh. Thank you, man. Let's go sweat some more. (laughs) Bye now.